Another week, another episode of Fireside Knicks. Bryce Gelman alongside Brett Hanfling, as always. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Please welcome onto the show Ben Ritholtz, contributor for Knicks Film School and the Strickland. Ben, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm glad we could get this together. Um, I'm a big fan of the work you guys do. And uh, always fun to kind of chat, especially after a wonderful loss like last night's <laughs> loss, right? Yeah. And, you know, before we get into the game and basketball, <clears throat> for people who don't know Ben, I just want to say he's one of the best basketball Twitter basketball follows on Twitter. Um, and more specifically, one of the preeminent highlight thread analysis. Someone's probably said that more eloquently. Um, <laughs> but Ben goes above the, let's just say, the average Twitter user who might just throw out Brunson is him, play OB, fire tips. <laughs> ben goes a little more sophisticated, puts in a little bit of work, throws some highlights together, and um, I've been following you for a little bit, so pumped to have you on. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, I try. I try to get uh, above the fray a little bit and um, bring a little bit more of a kind of a film breakdown angle to things instead of the narrative angle that often dominates the, the Twitterverse, as it were. So uh, thank you. I appreciate that. that compliment. Yeah, I mean, we need that to balance out all the other, right, which I'm a part of. Listen, I'm a part of. I, I threw a... Yeah, you're, you're the king of that. You're the king of that, Brad. <laughs> oh, Jalen Brunson's him. Jalen Brunson's him. him. <laughs> he is him. I threw the go. Brunson, uh, the dog. The dog x-ray might be like the most typical what I'm talking about. Um, but, and quickly before we get into the basketball, and, you know, we're not going to dive deep. Can you just tell us a little about your background and why... People should trust you. I'm telling them they should, but trust your basketball uh, knowledge. Man, um, sure. Yeah, I mean, I to, I don't know how much this qualifies me for anything, but I I was a I was a college athlete. I played D three basketball at Yeshiva for four years. Um, I was good. Um, you know, it's a D three level, so take that for. I think it's really high level basketball. Were Others you might him? disagree. Um, uh, maybe I was D three him. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't know if I had enough team success to be him, but. Um, we, that's what I did. Yeah. So that's where I played and, uh, had some success there. And then after I played, I coached, I was the assistant coach for that team. Coach now is Elliot Steinmetz, who's had a crazy amount of success with the program. They've gone to the tournament in recent years. So his, right after I graduated, I took a year off and then came back and coached with him for a couple of years. Um, and certainly learned a lot about film breakdown and cause that's what I largely what I did for the team. Um, and so that's my, like my basketball background. Um, yeah. So I don't know. You can decide for yourself what qualifies me to, <laughs> to put out film threads on Twitter. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, that's where it all comes from. Uh, to, to second what Brett said, you, know, you, you do offer some of the best analysis on Twitter. You could check out Ben at Ben Ritholtz NBA. It says it right on the screen here, but just in case you didn't see it, check him out on Twitter. All right, let's get straight and, and, into and, this. And we did not promise Ben that we would say all this for him to come on. This is a very long introduction. I just want to talk. I'm, I'm uncomfortable ben, over here. Let's talk about ben, you have Let's to, talk basketball, Brad. You have come to on. clip these first few minutes and just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Put, put all it right, in my bio. <laughs> all right, so l let's get into this finally. Jesus. Uh, all right. The Knicks blew another close one last night. They lost to the Lakers. And we were... Obviously, uh, Brett and I were discussing this loss uh, throughout the night and, and then obviously in, in this this morning. But the first thing I think that we need to touch on here and something that I think you were tweeting about as well is R.J. Barrett was not 
existent, non-existent in this game. Uh, did not play most of the fourth quarter and then all of overtime. After the game, says, I got nothing to say. What, what do you make of, of what happened last night with RJ? Yeah, it's they're in a tough spot right now um, because the coach is going to insist on playing a five at all times, and Randall's going to close every game, and that leaves you with... Uh, and Brunson's going to close every game. So that leaves you with quickly, with the emergence of Emmanuel quickly as, I think, a true and real six-man-of-the-year candidate. Uh, the emergence of Quentin Grimes this year as kind of like an essential uh, piece just in terms of like what he does and what he offers uh, as in contrast to the rest of the lineup. Like He's very important to what they do because he's a quick decision-maker and he can guard at the point of attack the things that he does really well. And then you have R.J. Barrett, who's like supposed to be your foundational piece, the guy you just signed to a whole lot of money, the guy you drafted third overall, et cetera. They're all fighting for two positions to close games. And this is not the first time that this has happened. And the reaction, I think probably because they lost, has been by far the loudest that it's been when R.J. hasn't closed the game. But this is not the first time. And there have been times where he comes in with like two and a half minutes left and IQ gets pulled. And that's like a weird rotation because like you're putting mm-hmm. him in pretty cold there with a very little, that happened in the Cleveland game, for example, where RJ came back in with like two and a half left. Um, and so it's just a dilemma right now. I think it's very reasonable to say that quickly and Grimes deserve to close that game. I thought they were better than RJ throughout the game, even though Grimes didn't make a three. I, th- I just thought, you know, RJ outside of one little flurry of a couple buckets in a row just didn't really have it on either end. Um, and so it's a problem. It's it's a problem. And clearly the way he reacted last night, which I think is very unlike RJ Barrett to be, to kind of make more of it than he had to post game. Like he could have just got kind of snuck out of there without having said anything. Um, my yeah, understanding. But as- yeah, but as someone as someone who gets signed to such a big extension, I think for him personally thinks that he deserves to play in those moments. But as you said, just had a terrible game. And going yeah. forward, like, is that I don't know, is what he said telling of what you think he's going to be in the future, specifically talking this season? I think right now Tibbs is going to go with the guys who are playing well out of those three. I don't, I don't, I think he's making it a game to game decision. Yeah, um, which is a change because. It is. RJ had that, I think it was a six-game stretch, where he was by far the worst player in the league. I We were coming on here. I was was hot every time. And he was going with RJ for the end of those games. And that was a time where I wanted – now I can't remember if I, I wanted Grimes. I think quickly probably wasn't. I wanted Grimes to finish those games. So it is a change. Um, yeah. But to your point, well, this was the loudest time. You know, RJ has been the golden boy um, for both – Tibbs, definitely, and in fans. I mean, you know, it's obviously soured a little bit this year, um, but overall, he's the guy we drafted three. He's the you know the highest pick we've had in years, and he's the highest guy we, the highest potential player we've had in a long time. So he's been that golden boy that people are were hoping could be a top 10, 15 player down the road. And you know, I I don't. I think most people don't think that's going to happen. But so this was, um, you know, you said it happened for it hasn't. What he didn't play the whole last ten minutes of the third quarter and overtime. I don't think it's happened this fourth and overtime. Uh, well, right. Well, they're having to be overtime play. tonight. Yes. Well, right. He didn't get reinserted in overtime. Uh, and yeah, no, I, I don't know if it was like this many minutes. I'm just saying he hasn't closed every game. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think what's happened is like for RJ is that Brunson comes in and is just a better guy to give the ball to than RJ is. Right. So it's like we're we're not gonna we have that choice. Yeah. 
well, now, okay, if Brunson's going to have the ball and Randall are going to have the ball, what are the best pieces around those two guys? And there's, I, I kind of get having it be more of the like quick shooting, quick decision-making types like IQ and Grimes. And then the last po- element of it is, like, I think RJ was largely trusted. Okay, but at least he's going to give you like some big wing size and toughness on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is really important in a team, especially with Jalen Brunson, who's so small. Like, you need some size on the perimeter. But, like, I think all of us have kind of come to realize in this year that IQ and Grimes, I don't care about their size. They're both better defenders right now than RJ Barrett. Just straight up, they just are. And if yeah. RJ's not giving you that value on the defensive end, that he's a bit redundant right now on the offensive end with that starting group, because you have Randall and you have Brunson who are going to soak up a lot of the usage. I, I think it's a defensible position to say that RJ is the least valuable person of those three in, 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 in that starting lineup. And, and so this, it's, yeah. un, it's unfortunate, but that's, that's what's come out here. And this has been one of our biggest questions, especially at the start of the season when RJ obviously was one of the most poor starts that we've seen from any guy that had as much potential as RJ has in the past this season. What, like, what do you, what do you think that has caused this defensive lapse as much as it has happened? Really hard to say. Um, he's never been any, like a great defender or anything, but I thought two years ago there was like a, there was just like a requisite level of intensity and toughness, and like uh, he just seems very slow, frankly, this season. And I don't know if he added strength, added bulk. I ha- I, d- I don't know, but it I definitely mean, seems like really unbalanced and slow defensively. So mm-hmm. that on closeouts he's getting blown the hell by when yeah. he leans one way there was a you know there was one play last night where he was guarding russ coming down and there was like half a screen and he just leaned toward the screen and russ was like at the rim before rj even reacted um like i think rj still does a pretty good job with like bigger wings like the tatums of the world and i think we'll hopefully get a chance to see him against Kawhi and paul george in a couple days in a couple games um there i think he's more comfortable but you put him on any kind of quickness where you have him kind of trying to close out on the second side or on the weak side, he's just struggled. I don't have an explanation as much as it's just an observation that he hasn't been good. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it goes pretty hand-to-hand with the offense. Even though he can still get buckets, um, they're tough buckets. And he still can because he still has good footwork and he still knows his way around the rim. But he's not beating guys. He, you know, Almost half of his shots are he's trying to draw some contact or he does draw some contact. Um, you know, his handle is not as tight as these other one-on-one players. So I think it goes hand in hand, um, to give RJ a break. Um, let's talk a bit and not to beat this dead horse either, but let's talk about the end of the game. Um, and I don't Mm. want to go crazy because it is just one play. Um, they, they could have won the game. Just one play. How many other games has it happened? Just one play. It is just one play though. Like it is. I mean, they could have won the game other ways. They could have won the game in overtime. But that being said, you know, uh, Tommy Beer and I'm sure Macri put out a stat also about the clutch numbers of, of Randall and Brunson. And they're really stark. They're not just like, I think in clutch time, which is like the last five minutes of game, five or less points, um, you know, they're, they're wildly different. Um, I think, uh, Ben, you put something out. Tip said that there were three options on the play. <laughs> There definitely weren't. Um, I don't understand. What was the last time the Knicks ran a set play at the end of a game? He's talking about that there are three options. Unless he means pass, dribble, and shoot, which I guess is three (laughs) options. I don't know what he means by three options. I mean, I guess maybe there was an option for Brunson to get the ball back on the inbounds. To me, based on the movement around him, it looked very clearly like a straight inbounds to Randall. Brunson mm -hmm. cleared out, and it was go to work. There were no options. I don't know. Yeah, there was a – 
there was a courtside video that actually came out from a fan that is right up against Randall and you Randall never looks to see if like the handoff is an option. I, I maybe tips mentioned it, pa- a pass and mention in, in the huddle, but Randall did not even look, um, which and I don't know if I, I still don't think that's the right call, but it, it does go against what Tibbs said. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything fresh to inject into it. Um, yeah, the only thing I'd say is it's not just the clutch numbers. It's also the isolation numbers. So if you're going to run an isolation, which, yeah. you know, I might have my issues with anyway, but a lot of possessions end in isolation in the games of teams switch a lot. So they put they purposely put LeBron on Brunson so that even if, if there was a Randall Brunson screen, for example, they would just switch that action. I thought you could have brought quickly into the action maybe and brought, brought, brought one of their worst defenders in, just like run a quick ghost screen. There was plenty of time. Four yeah. and a half is a long time. Um, so I didn't really see the need for there to just be like one action isolation. If you're going to run one action isolation, it's not just the clutch numbers. The isolation numbers are way disparate. Um, I mean, like Brunson's a really, really top-notch isolation scorer. The stats back it up. Randall is not. And so, and, and, a, and, a, and yeah. a clutch player. And a you clutch know, both, both of those both, things combined, I don't. Th- both, I thought it was yeah. totally nonsensical. I just didn't understand the idea it, at all. It did not make sense. It did not make sense at all. And I, I know that you know, Brett and I didn't really want to touch too much on it, but I feel like that is a, a pressing topic, especially with the fact that the Knicks have not been great when they have the ball into either a tie game or you know, or they're down one or two points. Like that's an issue they've been having. It's easy to stop a guy. It's easy to stop. A, not easy to stop a Donovan Mitchell, but they've been way better. I think in in that situation of you know the, the Knicks have a lead, they need to get a stop. They'll get the stop. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, yeah. And it's it's not they don't have a creative playbook in these scenarios. I think that's just a tips thing. It is what it is. Yeah. What I will say, and I, I always, it's never just a coach because no matter what who the player is, if you have the ball, you can make a better decision. The reality is that LeBron came so far over on that play and it just would have taken a quick mm-hmm. pass by Julius who never even looked anywhere but towards the rim. And I think Brunson gets ahead of steam downhill. It's going to collapse the defense and something good's going to come out of that. So even with an uncreative set like that, the execution on the players could have been a lot better to generate a better look. Like Randall kind of did the worst possible thing, which was dribble baseline into a trap of two of like, at their peaks, the best defenders ever. Like it's just not great, not a great place to be. Uh, and so. if uh, and if if Randall does kick it and Brunson hits either a three or like a running floater to win the game versus versus LA and LeBron, that's that's his signature moment in the, in the Garden as a Nick right, right there. I mean, you know, it, it he's just one. missed on a couple, right? I mean, he's had. A he has it, yeah. He hasn't had that yet. He has not had yeah. that moment yet. He's no. missed like two or three at the buzzer shots. One against Portland. I forgot the other two. But yeah. those yeah. are, those are opportunities it. that he needs to have. He needs to be, he needs to have the ball at the end of the game. There, there's yeah, no question like, about it. Yeah. And then tack on to that at the end. Also, how just how the two of them played that night. It's like, exactly. There's exactly. just no argument for Randall to be the one to make that decision, but here we are. Yeah. Okay. So, well, speaking of, of Brunson, obviously an incredible game last night. He put up 37 points. What, what has Brunson meant to this team? Like take Brunson off this team. Like, where are they at right now? Oh boy. Oh man. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. Um, <laughs> where are they? I think they're probably like behind Toronto. Yeah. Um, like he's been a stabilizing force for them. I think he's brought the best out of Julius. I think having someone who it's clear, despite Tibbs' late game decisions, it's clear needs to have the ball more than Julius, I think has been really good for Julius. Like I don't think Randall should ever be the primary decision maker on a team. And so kind of removing him from that role, I think has had a really good 
affect. Look, the team's played very well offensively this year. The numbers say so, despite, I think, you know, good, not amazing talent uh, on the offensive end, but uh, Brunson's kind of locked everything in place. Um, he, he's, I think we've kind of realized as the year's gone on, he's not a kind of a prototypical point guard. He's definitely a score first point guard. The ball doesn't, he doesn't generate a ton of beautiful offense, ball movement. Not really who he is. What he is is impossible to stay in front of, will break down your defense, will make a lot of shots, especially floaters, has improved his three-point percentage has and on a much more difficult diet of three-pointers. He's taking a lot more off the dribble this year yeah. um, with less spacing than he had last year. So it's like he's been really everything that they could have possibly asked for, and and like the contract looks at this point like a tremendous oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, big time. And I, this guy could be an all-star. Uh, I don't think anyone was saying that at the start of the, the season and the offseason when everyone was saying how big of an overpay it was. To be fair, I'm going to call myself out. I thought it was somewhat of an overpay, considering the fact that you know he, he's an undersized guard. He offensively was not the main guy on the last team and, and taking over as the primary ball handler on another team. I mean, there were a bunch of options. I just wasn't feeling uh, too excited about that acquisition. But now there's a realistic case for him to be a reserve on the all-star team. We'll find out. When is that? Is that today or is that tomorrow? Tomorrow. Then we're going to find out tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, yes. TNT, yeah. 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 So, and, you know, the other thing is okay. like, look, I think more than maybe anything else I, I've said is like that charge he took last night. Incredible. Uh, like I think, I think LA very intentionally wanted him in the weak side corner when they ran that AD LeBron pick and roll because they knew New York wasn't going to switch. They knew that they'd be able to have that pocket pass, and then it would be Brunson sliding over on AD, who can't contest, right? So I think that was a well-designed play by LA. The only way that Jalen Brunson can stop that <laughs> at six feet <laughs> is to take a really tough charge, get there early enough. It was a magnificent defensive play. Like he's not a good defensive player because he's tiny, but he brings a tough, a toughness and a know-how. He's smart. He draws as many charges as anyone in the league. And that play was kind of like a classic representation of what he brings there. So, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's great. Great yeah. to have him aboard. So, might have to mute this part out. I, I didn't see anyone say it, and I'm not going to harp on it, but I, I'm not so sure it was a charge. But either way, he, he sticks his body yeah, listen, in there. He sticks his body they, in there. He's second in the NBA in charges. It. They reviewed it. And I know. Especially considering the fact they had – okay. Brett, they had they Scott Foster on the game. LeBron has gotten <laughs> screwed so many games in a row. You think that they screwed? <laughs> with, with all the things that have gone against LeBron, you think that without a shadow of a doubt that they'd call that a block? I mean, like, they, they, trust me, they were looking for every possible way for that to be a blocking foul. It was a charge in every Let's single say, view. That they get. They I'm showed. just saying, if I was a Lakers fan, you would have heard from me. But because I'm not, <laughs> well, hold on. But the first like half, on the first half, LeBron just comes down court and plows over Brunson's face, and they just true. ignore it. So we were owed one there anyway. He was, uh, he was pissed with that one also. He, yeah, he should have been because even yeah. though it's a stupid rule that that's a charge, it shouldn't be. But it is the rule that it's a charge. So I, well, I don't even know what the ref was possibly looking at that he didn't call yeah. that one. Um, so, well, I, yeah, we, I we tweeted. I tweeted the one at the end of the game. He took it on a freight train. But that one in the first half, LeBron was actually a freight train coming, you know, yes. 50 feet down the court. Um, so let's talk a little more general. So Knicks are 27 and 25. Uh, is that right? Yeah. I 27, think so. and, yes, yeah, 27 and yeah. 25, sitting in the seventh seed. Trade deadline is approaching. Um, Listen, I, you know, there, there's talks about OG Ananobi. Um, Sadiq Bey's name is thrown around. I guess my question to you is, one, do you think the Knicks make some sort of trade? Two, quick thoughts on OG. And three, is there someone out there no one's talking about that you might like? 
And that's, a, I know I threw it a lot of you just take it where, wherever you want to take it. Sure. Um, if I had to guess, yes, they make a trade. Um, I think someone will be taking those Deuce McBride minutes by the deadline. And I think that those Deuce McBride minutes, if that player is good enough, will exist both in the first and second half. Right now, Deuce basically only plays in the first half and like maybe gets a minute in the second. So I, my guess is that they get somebody, whether it's you know the names that are out there, whether it's a Gordon or a, or a, a Malik uh, Beasley gosh. or a Sadiq Bey. Um, you know, OG is kind of the home run on, of that list, but someone to kind of fill that ninth man role. Um, I could see them potentially trying to upgrade at the center spot. I don't, you know, like, cause Mitch is, we love Mitch. He's played really well this year. He's obviously essential to what they do, but I wonder if they're nervous about his health and he, you know, he gets these injuries all the time and the way that Sims is unfortunately like last night was, I think the worst Sims has played all mm-hmm. year. Um, and you wonder if they, based on how tips plays, where he always has a center on the floor, um, if they maybe try to pick up someone off like the, the center scrap heap out there somewhere for like nothing for like a second round pick, um, I could see that. But I, I do imagine that they're going to try to fill that that deuce role with somebody else. Um, any names that nobody's talking about? It, it's tough to, <laughs> yeah, tough, tough to, to identify. Uh, I mean, like I, I, this, it's not like nobody's talking about this, but I feel like it was talked about more a couple of weeks ago. Like I wonder if the Duarte thing. Is something that's on the Knicks radar. I like him. I, what um, what does he add to this team? Like there's shooting. just shooting. I know, a, and yes, by the way, he's shooting, shot. He's, yeah. He has shot badly this year, but I think everyone thought he'd be. A, I mean, the Knicks want such to draft a logjam of of wings that that are scores on on the team. And Fournier is not getting any minutes. That's your shooting. You well, can't play defense. Yeah, yeah. You just right, cannot so. play. He's a defensive non-factor. Right, so I think Duarte and the way where I've seen him play, I think he's he's a decent defender and could be a good defender as he develops. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shot needs to come around, obviously, for him to give any value. But I could see, and the Knicks wanted to draft him. I know that, so yeah. I could see them trying to reinvest there. I mean, if that's part of like an Obi package or whatever, you know, we'll see. I don't, I don't think they're going to sell on Obi right now. I mean, I. This can't go on much longer the way that the OB Randall Tibbs triangle of hell is um is unfolding. Like it just doesn't make any sense to play this guy ten minutes a night. It doesn't help anybody. I mean, we um, talked about this last week with OB. It's just yeah. like it, it's a spiral downward because the less minutes he plays, the less confident he of course. is. And, yeah. and it's an and, it's an impossible situation. It's an impossible situation. Yeah. Ben, it, let me not. let me bring this up. Let me bring this up because yeah, I, what's up? I think Brett might flip out about this. <laughs> Why shouldn't they trade Randall? Oh, like give me give me reasons why with the value that he has right now, he's averaging 24 what 24 11 and 4. Like well, I, give me like two reasons why bringing about the value that he bring right now would be a, a negative factor going forward for the team. You're preaching to the choir a little bit. I'm going to tell you, Bryce. Um I'm not sure his value will ever be higher than it is right now. Thank you. And he is a he's he's a frustrating, very talented ball player. Um, I agree with you in theory. I think they should be exploring. I don't know if to, I don't know if they're not, and I don't know what the market is. He's a the one thing about Randall yeah, exactly. that's different from a guy like OG. 
Because I think Randall, I think would you say is the better player, but OG is a much easier fit. Like Randall to, to to try to plug in a power forward who can't really guard wings, but also cannot protect the rim, who is a decent outside shooter, but really needs a lot of usage to be effective. Like where is the really good team willing to give up assets for that player? Uh, that's Miami. hard to find. Miami, maybe I think I think he could fit in as as a three, you know, as a third option on another team. As a third yeah, option, I maybe. I mean, you slot him, in at, the, you slot mean, him yeah. in at the four. You slot him in at the four with Jimmy at the three. I could. That's not you know that's not bad. Bam, bam, what, center. Like, yeah, like yeah, realistically, who are you getting from that? It will be, they're not going to get hero. I mean, we could, no. like realistically, Randall's value. I think it's just his contract that's holding him back at this point. You know, the fact that, I don't think the well, contracts look at as such a negative asset the way he's played this year, though. I really don't, especially with but, the cap but how many up. How many rumors have you been seeing that the Knicks are going to get a first or or maybe two first-round picks? Because that's how good the guy is. Yeah, I don't think the rumors have been out there because I don't think the Knicks are shopping him. It just doesn't um, make any sense. It doesn't make which, any sense. Yeah, let me just, I agree with you. Now, the reasons why they aren't. Well, here are the reasons why they aren't. Um, because their owner just got on a radio show and said that they have to make the playoffs. Basically, um, and and we often divorce that from like what we want from the front office. But in the real world, right, like their front office, that's their boss and his directive is what goes. And so if they're instructed to make the playoffs and they don't feel like any Randall deal is going to bring back equal playing value for this year, then they're not going to make that deal as they're on the fringes <laughs> of the playoffs right now. They're just not. And like that's. Uh, maybe a shame because there should maybe be a longer term outlook with the talent on this team and where they need to be going. But in the talent in the draft, there's just so much talent yeah, going forward that the Knicks in the past. The Knicks, uh, no, of course, but the, the the amount of talent the Knicks have missed out on these past few drafts, where they've been it, they've been mid. That's the thing, and in yeah. that you know the, the 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 year they went 41 and 31, that was one of the top drafts that we will see. You know, in the past, the Knicks. You know, they were the four seed. Two things. I got to defend myself because you call me out. It's not that I'm against a Randall trade. It's one, I don't know if I have the energy to talk about it. You have to warn me next time because I need to properly <laughs> prepare because it's this big, <laughs> this big You thing. should just be prepared. Like this I'm, should be I'm something not. that you think stretch. about. Sleep. I need to drink sleep. fluids before. Okay. Um, and then it, it's exactly what Ben said. It's like real world has like conflicts of interest all over the place. Tibbs. And Trey and Randall is a conflict of interest. If we don't make the playoffs, Tibbs is probably not here. Leon Rose and Trey and Randall is as as shitty as it sounds. It's probably a conflict of interest because we don't make the playoffs. He might be gone. If we don't make the playoffs for two years, he's definitely gone. So it, it's you wish you would have this perfect like system of always do the best for now and the future, but it's it's just not there. And I don't think now now with this owner, there's a reason that we've been <laughs> unsuccessful for the majority of his tenure, uh, vast majority, right? I mean, this is this is what it is living in Nick's world. It's it's. He is wants there it to is be, there a less hopeful fandom out there? I think being a Lions fan, maybe <sighs> maybe Commanders too. Even though that's that ship has sailed, I guess you could say he's going to sell the team. So. I can't have this I, conversation I, in the afternoon. This is I, this is too early for this kind brutal. of conversation, Bryce. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I could have it all day. Any day. It's it's just so unfortunate that we spend the majority of our sports fandom rooting for a team that we know is not going to do anything. And just to because Ben, me and Bryce were pretty different our our outlooks. Just to like because I know we're wrapping up and you're leaving on that note. I'm just gonna leave on the note 
We're 27 and 25. We should. And, and it's past years, you could say this, and might not be true. We should have at least three to five more wins. It's easily, and that's probably light with, with some of the losses uh, with Dallas and, and Portland and I'm Chicago. Um, this yep. could be a 30 and 22 team um, with maybe getting a little help at the deadline. I, I, I don't want to overdo it, but Ben, but which, which side are you closer to the Bryce doom and gloom or me? Like, you know what? We're, we have above 500 team, all our draft picks uh, an okay salary position. Yeah. I mean, it's a complicated question. I, you know, there's a lot of factors. and I think you have to, the Donovan Mitchell conversation is definitely intertwined here um, because yeah. when you're looking at like outlook and I think that moment, that last summer is a turning point moment for the franchise one way or another, um, especially if they can't get a star in the next several years, um, we will be looking at that for potentially a decade. Um, and so, you know, that, that needs That's to fair. be part That's of the conversation totally too. But look, I, I tend to stay more positive about this team because, as you said, they're they have a lot of draft 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 equity. They I don't think they've signed other than well and, and like their bad contracts are all coming off the books. Um, they have a lot of good young talent. Like I think if you think about the emergence here of IQ and Grimes. And by the way, RJ, I know he's taking a lot of crap right now. The reality is also that he's actually significantly improved as a scorer this year. We don't like to talk about it. It hasn't been drastic improvements, but there have been clear improvements in terms of his percentage at the rim, his percentage and floater range. He's more efficient this year than he's been in his whole career, other than an outlier three-point shooting season two years ago, which a lot of people had. But like he's been a better scorer this season. So like he's improving, even though it's maybe not as quick of development as we want. But like, there's a lot of improving young pieces on this team that you should be excited about. The way Quickly's playing right now is a revelation. He's been yeah. so good. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of good things going on. There's a lot of good things going on with with assets picking up value at the very least, even if they're not going to be here long term. And so, um, that's your positive side. And I, I think, look, <laughs> it, it depends on your outlook in general as a fan, because some people are just like. You know, and I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for either position. But some people are like, unless we're doing, unless we're making the exact right steps to win a title, I'm like out and I'm annoyed and I don't like this. And then there are fans who are like, okay, but like, this team's pretty good. They're putting out a really entertaining product every night. They're playing a million close games. I'm like on the edge of my seat, even if I'm frustrated half the time. Like this isn't freaking 2016, right? Like right. this is yeah. this is a team worth rooting for. They play extremely hard. They've gotten blown out like twice all season. It's like a very representative team. You can be proud yeah. of this team. So, like, you know, it's it's an approach it's thing. It's a fair point to make. I try to keep it on the ladder just because it's more fun to enjoy it. And and yeah. but I look, I totally get it that there's there is a bit of a feeling of like when what's the pathway to being a contender here and how long is that gonna well, take? Well you don't think it's frustrating. I don't think about that part. It's then once you think about that part. Yeah. It, that, well, that's it, the that, thing. If if you're rooting for a team, I know, then Bryce, but... that's just gotta be something at the you know the back of your mind. Like does this course, team have a chance to be successful going forward? And the answer is a no. So the answer, the answer I'm, is just, I'm just going to – it's it's a no. It's a no, Brett. And we'll we'll have this fight every week on this show. Trust me, going <laughs> forward. That's, that's for sure. But, Ben, really appreciate you hopping on the podcast. As I said before, you can check him out at Ben Ritholtz, MBA on Twitter. Like Brett and I said, there's a lot of good stuff on there, and I've certainly learned a lot in the past few weeks of following you. So, Ben, appreciate everything you do for the Knicks community. And, uh, Thanks a lot, for, guys. You guys are the best. Appreciate you having me on. Of course. And for, for Bryce, he's Brett. 
See you guys next week. Take care, guys.